we want to send you a free copy of our revolutionary book, The Freedom Model for Addictions. To help us bring this incredible gift to you, we ask that you pay a small fee for shipping. Learn how tens of thousands of people have permanently solved their addictions without steps or meetings and make 2023 your best year yet. Give yourself or someone you love the gift of total freedom from addiction. Click on the link to get your free copy sent to you today. Welcome to the Addiction Solution Podcast. I'm Michelle Dunbar. Enjoy listening and watching as addiction experts Mark Sheeran and I cover controversial as well as helpful topics on addiction, how to move past it, and other related subjects. As two of the co-founders of the Freedom Model, Mark and I will give you a completely new perspective on the topics that matter to you. We will take to task the Recovery Society's lies and misinformation and replace them with facts, research, and the methods to move on from addiction struggles without 12-step meetings, rehabs, and the shackles of endless recovery. Let's escape the treatment and recovery trap together and learn to be free. Welcome to the truth. Hey, everybody. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Addiction Solution Podcast. I'm Michelle Dunbar. And I'm Mark Sheeran. And this week's uh, topic is one that got sent in by a listener um, through our what, through our Facebook group, right? The, mm-hmm. the Freedom yep. Model group. So listen, if there is a topic you want us to cover, uh, you can email us at info at thefreedommodel.org. Let us give us some feedback. Let us know what you think about the podcast um, or if there's something you want to talk about. Or you could just send it in through our group or private message us uh, on Facebook or Instagram. And and yeah, we're, we're always looking for good topics to talk about. So she wanted to talk about the uh, myth that uh, you'll lose anything that you put before your recovery. Hmm. This is a real um, common thing we hear in AA and rehab circles. Yeah, And that is that anything you put in front of your recovery, uh, you will lose, including your family, career, your freedom, and eventually your life. And that is really awful it's it it is because it's not true it's not true number one and and it is one of the ways it, it is a cult i mean it's it's why so many marriages are destroyed it's why so many relationships with uh siblings and parents and children are harmed or destroyed um you know my experience and yours with our you know, his mother, my father, mm-hmm. when they went to AA, they took that very seriously. Yeah. And, um, and my father was, once he started dedicating his life to AA, he pretty much, it was all about work in AA. We came dead last. Yeah. Yeah. I, here I want to, I want to frame this in a way that's reasonable though. I understand why people get caught in this trap. Oh, me too. I think that when you're when you're really vulnerable and you've had your ass kicked by booze and drugs and your your maybe your life is just feels like it's spiraling out of control or maybe it is and and everything is just falling apart you have to sometimes make some bold moves and yeah. unfortunately those bold moves sometimes get you caught in the wrong solution you know 
there's nothing worse than being panicked, filled with anxiety, physically shot, mentally and emotionally exhausted. And then somebody, a, a supposed professional or a sponsor or a guru type person that seems to have their shit together, walks up to you and says, we, we understand your problem and you're going to have to give yourself completely to this simple program. This is, that's a direct quote from Bill, Bill Wilson, the founder of AA. So, so you go, oh, okay. You know, yep. and, and my mom literally left 12 kids and didn't come back. I, I mean, you know, AA was, I can remember her saying, well, I have to go to my meetings. I, this has to be the number one thing in my life. And I was a seven-year-old kid. I was her son. And I'm going, what about me? You know? Well, and she made it her career too. It was her yeah. whole life. Yeah. She made recovery number one. And um, what an unnecessary thing. If she only knew that she didn't have a disease. You know, she was pushing this whole disease thing on all of us. We had AA books laying around the house. You know, whenever we saw her, she would she would talk about therapy. And none of us wanted anything to do with any of that. Right. You right. Know, not, we just wanted our mom back and have a normal life. And uh, and I, I, ironically, the, the oldest eight kids, there was eight kids and then four kids or two generations in my family. Um, and they were all bio her biologic kids. I was the last, um, the first eight that knew my mom the most, obviously she was gone when I was seven. So I didn't know her as well. Um, they all said that they wished she was still drinking cause at least she was a mom. Yeah. My mother said that about my father, you know, that he was, he was more attentive as a husband and his father when he was drinking and more fun, quite frankly, than he was yeah. after he, he got yeah. sober in AA, um, he became more volatile. Um, and less predictable. Uh, his, he had terrible, terrible temper. But, oh, you know, just as long as I don't drink today, it doesn't matter how I behave otherwise, right? Well, it's a weird dichotomy. So they, they create this false dichotomy. And that is that if you're not in AA, you're drunk. <laughs> right. And if you're not in AA or, or you're rehab a dry drunk. Or, or NA or whatever it might be, yeah, you're going to be this terrible person who's going to be struggling and may go to jails, institutions, or death. So they they corral you into this sort of fear-based modality where it's either that or you're never going to be a parent again because or, yes. or you're never going to have your career again or you're always going to be in jail or you're always going to be in institutions. And the irony of this, the sad irony, is that it becomes true right? It does. So recovery becomes this unappetizing option filled with fear and deprivation. And then you end up quote unquote relapsing because you think you have a disease that's a chronic relapsing disease. And then they say, Oh, you got to give yourself more. You got to you see, you didn't put recovery number one. So, so each time they're, they're corralling you and, and making it so that your world becomes more and more myopic and fear ridden and panicked. Don't you remember, like, I do remember in those, after the, that initial three months where I was really unhappy and miserable, mm -hmm. um, I remember going through this and I was kind of self-aware of it and I thought it was a little odd, but I ran with it because I thought I needed to. And that was, I remember thinking, oh, I don't need any friends outside of AA. 
Like this is my family now. This is my world now. And, and for a little while it felt good and right. And, and that's how smart, critical thinking people kind of slip into that trap because, because you're going to meetings every single day, you're hearing the same stuff every single day and it worms its way in and you really start to believe it. And I remember as a sponsor saying to a woman, um, and I didn't have kids yet. I was probably two years in. Right. And even though now remind you, Mark and I never bought into having a disease or being powerless, really not fully. Um, and we still, we still started saying these things. And, and I said to a woman, because she was like, I can't be at meetings every night. I, you know, I have two children. I have to be home with my kids. And I'm like, you don't don't go to meetings. You probably you probably lose custody of them. Like saying things like that, yeah, I, I said, and, and it's embarrassing, and yeah. I feel bad that I said it. I did backtrack with her at the end when you know she was. I, I sponsored her for a little while, and she was explaining to me how you just don't understand because you don't have kids. And I really started to think about it and think, no, she's right. She's right. Um, you know, and then I remembered my dad leaving and never being around. And I'm like, no, you're right. I go, maybe if you go to one or two meetings a week, that should be good enough for you. I, I think you're okay. Um, but I had no business telling her any of that, right. any of that. Yeah. It was none of my business. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's, um, this idea. Well, first of all, what is this all predicated on? What is this fear? Mm. What is this drive? to tell people that, that their whole life has to become about this. You know, where does that come from? That's such a fucked up weird yeah, thing. Yeah, it's weird, people. It's not right. Yeah. And, and it comes from one idea at its base, and that is that you have a chronic progressive brain disease. That will kill you. That will kill you. That you have no real control over, that you only get remission one day at a time, with meetings as your medicine, right? Which and service and and service, which which really just means bringing people in recruitment. To, yeah, right. Yeah, recruitment. So it's it's a well crafted cult based on fear and mythology. Yeah, and it's and I I've said it I say it in our book here in the Freedom Model. Um, it's a religion. Yes. It's a religion with its own dogma, its own <laughs> rituals. The meetings are the rituals. You have the gurus, which are the the priests, the high priests. You know, I was one of those gurus. It's embarrassing Me to say too. she she was as well. But but it was a, a horrible time for us because we didn't really believe it. We you didn't know? believe it and and it, it it's a huge You just parrot shit. You parrot shit, but it's a huge pressure. It's a lot of pressure to, because we had to be as gurus. If you take it seriously, you have to be absolutely spiritual, absolutely selfless. Uh, like you have to be this, this four absolutes. Yeah. This picture of a perfect person. Um, and there's all this, we're, we're striving for progress, not perfection, which is bullshit because because nothing I I always nothing I ever did felt like it was good enough for anybody and including myself. And I mean, so even as a guru, 
I mean, it's just a terrible life. Yeah, because you're this flawed person that's supposed to be perfect. And and that that whole, you know, spiritual sort of perfection and progress versus perfection, the fact that that's even a conversation right. is when it comes to drinking or drugging is fucked up. <laughs> It has nothing it, to do has, with how much you like getting wasted. Yeah. <laughs> it literally, <laughs> literally has nothing to do with it. Whether my spiritual fitness, I mean, who, <laughs> who even can judge that? I, right. I, I think it's, it's so, it's so crazy, but but you get caught into it because you it's do. these false things, these ideas that somebody came up with in 1935 in in homeless shelters in Manhattan. I mean, it's Bill Wilson's bizarre ideas that grew wings, man. I mean, he was such a good marketer. So, yeah, um, you don't have to put recovery first because there's nothing to recover from. Right. Exactly. There's no disease. You don't right. have a disease. You're not sick. You have a strong preference for intoxication. You believe you need it in your life for very specific reasons. And this whole charade of recovery is a distraction from actually figuring out the problem and, and solving it and moving on. Yeah. And that's why it's so important that we're out there saying what we're saying because there is well, now uh, almost a hundred years worth of people who have the wrong information. And in even those recovery zealots that are out there, uh, look at, I know what it's like to be a recovery zealot. I do. I did it. And, you know, it's a hard life. <laughs> it's a hard life. And, and you don't, you don't have to do that either. If you're seeking a solution to your substance use problems that doesn't label you for life or make you go to daily meetings with strangers and instead shows you how you can solve your problem and create the life you truly want, then you've come to the right place. The Freedom Model is for you. The Freedom Model program options allow you to continue to live your life, learn the Freedom Model on your schedule, and implement what you're learning immediately in your daily life. The the Freedom Model online program consists of more than 20 hours of video lessons taught by Mark and me. There are two to three lessons per chapter to guide you through the Freedom Model text. We have also included our lessons, the mind and the brain, the binge construct, and life movements. You'll get digital copies of our book, our workbook, additional lessons and their worksheets, and our audiobook. Included with the online program is the Freedom Model for the Family online program and books. New Freedom Model Quick Lessons posted weekly, the Freedom Model Monthly Newsletter, the 12-step deprogramming seminar series, and a monthly two-hour members-only live question and answer webinar with Mark and me. To enroll in the Freedom Model online program, go to online.thefreedommodel.org or click on the link. You know what was the saddest part for me? When I look back and I and we're on TikTok with a lot of people now who are are deprogramming and becoming free from the call. Yeah, right? it's exciting you're, to see. And you're watching them them do this. The the hard part for me was all the years distracted by meetings and rituals and 
telling people how to live their lives and having to live that, that just, it's a weird world. Like you get into this place where recovery becomes a totally Mm. isolated, you become isolated and you judge the, the rest of the world as being fucked up. Yes. You judge the rest of the world as being wrong and they're the ones, the normies are screwed up, you know? And, but then you're also jealous of them, yeah. you know, now here, the, the, the good part about my situation and yours and a lot of the people that we're around is I don't think we ever really fully bought in. We, we, <laughs> we mimicked the, the wording, we parroted the messaging to some degree, but we were also heretical from yeah. day one saying, you know what? I don't think you have a disease. You know what? I don't. Yes, I, that's I, true. I, I think that you can move past this. I can remember you're a guy being at a, at a men's meeting that we were running at the time. And, and instead of being at the meeting, I went out running and I was a runner in those days. And I did, a, I remember I did a 10 mile run and I uh, felt really good about myself. I had just quit smoking and stuff. And I came in at the end of the meeting and just sat in the back of the room and and this fella came up to me and he goes, you did that instead of a meeting. And your father turned around and goes, yeah, it was probably a better use of his time because this was bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and it was probably was my it father's was our, meeting. Yes, it was our meeting. <laughs> and and I, I think that your dad was so far ahead of the curve in those days. Oh, yeah. If we had just listened, you know what I mean? But I I sort of wrapped us back into the AA model and then we got caught in it. And, but that was all good because in the end, that 12 year sort of being out in the desert, wandering around trying, it was all the research we had to do to show people exactly how to extricate themselves from this cult, because that's what we did. Yeah. But we tested everything. We tested every little thing that AA said, is that true or not? And we found that the whole thing was freaking, it was all made up. Well, well, the very first thing Mark is right. He made a really good point, And that is the very first thing that got thrown out for all of us was the powerlessness, which, which is, uh, you know, is everything. It's so obvious too. You're not powerless. Clearly. I mean, everybody that ends up at a meeting that's not drinking made a choice that day <laughs> to uh, not drink and go to a meeting. I mean, it, you're, it's either a choice or it isn't. That's kind of one of those things that's, you can't be a little pregnant. Yeah. You know? So is there some <laughs> otherworldly alien force that landed you in the meeting? I mean, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. It's so fucking ridiculous. Yeah. So, so, but it took us all that time to figure out that everything past that because every, every it's the whole program is built on the idea that you're powerless. So everything beyond that ha- can't be true because right. because you're you're basing it on on uh, something that isn't real, right? And um and incorrect. It's inaccurate. And so uh, here's here's what I'm, one of the things I want to take to task too that is said a lot to a lot of people that are trying to leave who have been sober. So there, there, there are people who go to AA, they remain, you know, alcohol free or drug free. And, and then they start to the process of leaving and people are like, Hey, saved your life. Hey, saved your life. So you kind of owe it something, right? Well, I wouldn't want to You got to give back. You got to give back. And what I want to say to you is no, it didn't. Right. No, it didn't. AA saves no one, zero people. Okay. You save yourself. You save yourself. You made a choice. And the vast majority of people that get to a meeting 
quit, stopped drinking and drug use before they went to a meeting. And we have the research on that in, in the first three chapters of this book. If you want to understand what we're talking about and you want to see the research that proves what we're saying, that, that the person makes the decision, what does that mean? They make the decision before they go to an AA meeting. Like, like we're saying that, but what does it, what does the research tell us about that? If you want that explained in detail, read the first three chapters of this book. It will blow your mind, the research that's been done on this. Yeah, and it's not our research. That's right. This is research that's been done um, by our government, that's been done by universities around the country yeah. and around the world. Yeah. Um, this, is, this is a whole ton of research that is ignored by the treatment industry, absolutely ignored, buried. They don't want people to know that nearly everyone gets over the problem and most do it on their own. Okay. And so I want to, I want to go back to when we say you saved yourself, what we're really saying is you made a decision that you were happier not drinking, not doing drugs than you were doing it. That's why you made that decision. Now for all those people, and I had somebody, um, comment on one of my videos, uh, basically saying, you know, I've, I've been sober six years, but I haven't been to a meeting in several years, but I'm, I'm still, you know, I, I'm still an alcoholic and it's like, no, no, you're not. And, number and you one, never were, you never were, but you're no longer doing AA. If you're not going to meetings anymore, you're no longer doing AA. AA is about membership. It's, it's, you it's, know, yeah, it's really about being a member in good standing and recruiting and serving. I have little quote marks for those that are listening. And I worry about the people that still identify as being an addict or an alcoholic that are no longer going to meetings. And the reason I worry about you is because you do have a belief system that drugs and alcohol are powerful and you're not. Yeah, and so that's... I highly recommend getting our book and reading it so that you know in the future when somebody you love tragically dies, when you end up losing your job, maybe you have to go bankrupt, when life hits you hard, know that you, you yeah. don't have to, that's not a trigger. Right. You don't have to connect that to use. That's a great point. So one of the things that's constantly talked about in meetings is they, they connect life troubles or traumas or anxieties or stresses to drinking as if alcohol is some sort of medicinal agent that takes away these problems and they build the drug back up. And what a crazy thing that the very thing that's supposedly a solution is building up the monster that they're trying to battle. Right. Well, how bizarre. First of all, it's not a monster. Secondly, it has no ability to solve problems. It doesn't create problems either. People nope. say, well, it creates problems. Well, no, you choose to create problems. You, you choose to go down a path that has consequences and trade-offs and costs. Uh, we do that every time we get in a car too. And if we got in a car accident, we wouldn't say, oh, I didn't want to get in that car. Right. You know, right. That, it just, it had a hold on me. Right. I, you, <laughs> you see, so how you frame your choices really matters of whether you're in reality or you're bullshitting yourself and the people around you. So AA does this weird thing where it creates all this confusion. And the reality is you're making choices. Yeah. That's, that's it. And you always have, and you weren't out of control. Now, your body may have been sloppy. You may have OD'd. 
That's a, that's a body situation, but your choices of how much to use and when to use, that's you, that's your mind. That's you choosing there. You don't need meetings to stop that. You don't need some spiritual experience. You don't need to be a perfectly spiritual being. You don't. And, and all of that is a bunch of make-believe anyway, because trying to guide somebody to a perfectly spiritual life Hell, religions have been trying to do it for for <laughs> thousands of years and have failed miserably. The point is, each of you have choices to make and decide how you want to live your life. And that's what you're doing all the time anyway. Yeah. So you don't need a bunch of people sitting in a church basement somewhere, some back school room telling you how to live your life. Just live it and be happy, for God's sakes. Move on if you don't want to drink and drug anymore. Yeah. And so so back to the topic at hand, the 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 very damage that the idea that if whatever I put in front of my recovery, I will lose um, probably is also one of the reasons that suicide rates among people um, that go into AA and 12 step type programs uh, is so high. Yeah, it's really high. I think it's, uh, there's some rates that go as high as 10 times what the population in general is. I mean, it, I mean, that's you, crazy. High. It's crazy. When you think about it, I, it the, oh, let me, let me give you an example. Um, I can remember somebody saying to me in, early on, and that is that uh, you can't, you can't get sober for somebody else. You can't get sober for somebody else. People's preference for alcohol and drugs changes all the time based on falling in love, mm -hmm. finding a passion in a children, career, having children, having children all the time. So this idea that that you that these other things in your life can't be helpful in your quest to change your substance use habits is complete and utter horseshit. So why why does AA go in that direction? into that myth that you have to put the recovery first is because AA doesn't want any competition. No, it doesn't want you having a great picnic with your children and suddenly see that that's more important than booze because then you don't put the dollar in the basket. Them. Yeah. You don't need them yeah, anymore. You're not going to buy a book. You're not going to be involved. You're not going to put a dollar in the basket. You're not going to be uh, recruiting other people out of the fear that if I don't serve, another alcoholic, I can't keep my own sobriety. I haven't put it number one, you know? So anytime what Michelle just talked about is families, uh, getting married, getting a new career, um, moving on to a better and more peaceful place, maybe just in general. Um, all those things are what's called evolution. I call it organic evolution. It's how human beings move forward in their life, which is very natural. So getting over an addiction outside the realm of AA is incredibly normal. You need to know that, that it's, that it's over 90% of the people that have a drug problem of some kind move past it with boring regularity. I mean, they just do it. So this idea that we need to stop the organic evolution that you're having right in and and replace it with this weird rigid religiosity of the 12 steps that's weird i'm going to keep saying it that that's <laughs> that's the oddity that's the that's the idea that 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 is strange and unnecessary what's necessary for you to move on is to move on well it it, the, it's okay. It's, the, what they're doing is they're taking the exact 
reasons. Like the only way people solve an addiction is because they change their preference, right? And most of the time they change their preference because other things become important in their life. More important, they're moving towards, based on the positive drive principle, what they perceive will make them happier. Right. So if I fell in love with someone and, 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 you know, that person maybe isn't a drinker at all. And I, I, I care about what this person thinks about me. I care about that relationship. You know, my preference is quite naturally going to change from being drunk all the time to wanting to be with this person. It's, and that's what Mark is talking about. It's a natural evolution. So now I know there are going to be people that are going to say, yeah, but I, I've been married to a wonderful woman for the last 30 years and I'm still getting drunk every day. Okay. Well, because you haven't, you have your perception is that you need alcohol for some reasons. Figure out what those reasons are. They could be quite irrespective of your 30 year marriage, right? They, they could be completely, you want, you probably want both. You want to stay married and you want to keep drinking. Um, so the key is to figure out what are the benefits for me of choosing not to drink at this point in my life? Can I be happier without it? Okay. I want to jump in here. So you have two different classes of people. And, and there's many other classes of people, but we're going to talk about two different classes of people. One is that they're telling you, you have to, you have to put recovery first. Right. No, you don't. You can organically evolve. And if you feel your spirit and your mind saying, you know what? I really want to spend time with this new girlfriend, boyfriend. I really want to spend time with my children. It's time for me to do that. And I, I'm going to start this new job and fuck these meetings. I just want to just move on with my life. Yeah, do well, it. Well, <laughs> that's it. The answer is do it and, and literally allow yourself the wonderful human privilege that we have this right to be able to be happy. You can go be happy, go do it. Now, Let's say that you're in a little more complex situation where you have lots of good things in your life. You have some bad shit going on. Um, maybe there's a mix of everything and you still find yourself drinking and drugging heavily, which makes AA seem more plausible. That's true. Okay. Now you're looking for a solution. You feel stuck. You feel like an alcoholic. You feel like you have a disease. You feel like there's a mental disorder present. You've been diagnosed. You're in the system now. Yes. And, and you're going down that road. Now that may not have a situation where organic evolution is happening. Maybe it's stopped. Maybe, you, maybe so, you're stuck. You're stuck in that rut. So that's what this is for. Yes, for sure. And, and for those listening, I'm holding up the book. That and here, the workbook as well. Which um, you can now get. Yeah, which you can now get. Um, so that's what, the, this is a mechanics manual on how to deprogram out of the mythology. You're trapped because you believe shit that is not actually in fact true. So, so anytime that we are believing in myths, we can only hurt ourselves and remain trapped. Think about what I just said. If you believe in myths, you can only harm yourself. So AA is mythology. It's literally made up fictional nonsense. It's a cult designed to keep you trapped there. So that's why you're spinning. You're not spinning because you have anything inherently wrong with you. There's no disease present. There's nothing that's rendering you powerless. Your beliefs are. Yes. And this book undoes that. We are the official deprogramming guide of Alcoholics Anonymous or any 12-step 
difficult. So uh, get your free copy of the Freedom Model and, and get started on deprogramming in a very mechanical way. We walk you through it. And look, at it's not just mythology about AA, okay? There is mythology about what you believe about yourself and your own in, innate abilities. If you have the, the, the addict or alcoholic identity, if you believe at any point in time you were out of control, you need this book, okay? Also, if you believe That's right. that, That's that right. alcohol and drugs help you to de-stress, help you to relax. If you believe they pharmacologically do those things for you, you need this book. Okay. So it's beliefs about addiction, beliefs about yourself and beliefs about substances that all need to be completely changed. That's what keeps people stuck. It's layered, right? I talk about that all the mm-hmm. time that yeah, it, this is like an onion. Yep. Okay. And we actually have another podcast episode uh, from a couple months ago that was about that. That's called, you know, peeling back the layers. So, so that's why some people have to read our book multiple times because if somebody said it to me on the phone yesterday, I was talking to a, a, a caller yesterday and she said that she said that uh, a friend of hers was reading it and went back and went and read uh, this one particular chapter again and learned something new. And it's interesting to me because there was also somebody that posted something and basically said that our book had said that uh, alcohol um, reduced <laughs> Uh, blood pressure and yeah, lowered yeah. heart rate, and it says the opposite. Yep. So sometimes you read transpose what you your own want ideas to yeah. read. Okay, yeah. um, I'm like mm, you might want to go back and look at that again because it's the opposite. Um, alcohol actually raises blood pressure and raises heart rate in most people. If you've ever gone to detox, you know your blood pressure's through the roof right. <laughs> because of the amount of alcohol you're drinking. Yeah. The only time it's lowered is when you're over- overdosed. Obviously. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so look at, um, sometimes it takes a, it takes, because you're going to read based on what you believe at that moment, which is why it's layered. Well, the other thing is that's why we also have the online program. Yes. There are people who read the book and and you you retain a certain amount of information and then you may need some visual and we teach the tutorials, Michelle and I, in much this format that we're doing right now with presentations. And uh, people love that. They love that. And it's very cost effective. And we we go through, we have a family online program, the online program that goes through this curriculum. We have all of that is 12 part, step deprogramming seminar yeah, series in yeah, there, which is really great where I go through and I debunk and, and pull apart all of A's history with their own words. I don't, I don't interject my words into it. Um, and I show how Bill Wilson created a cult that you are now trapped in, which was his, his goal, by the way. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was. It was. didn't call it a cult, but uh, <laughs> I mean, right, he, no. he did want it to be the Bill W movement and, and everybody freaked out and said, that's too weird. <laughs> So I think, I think we're, we're at the half hour and look at, you don't have to put your recovery before everything else. You just have to figure out how you can be happier. Yeah, There's nothing to recover from. There are just choices to be made. And if you don't believe that you need this book. Yep. And so if you want to, you can get a free copy of this book. And you can order the workbook as well. Um, and I think there was a, a 
commercial at the beginning of this that talked about that. And you would go to freebook.freedommodel.org and you can order it. And he and I prepare it and we send it right to you. Same day. So, and don't forget the online program. You can get the online program at online.thefreedommodel.org. And if you need somebody to talk to, we have coaching and we've been doing that for 34 years. And we have a whole bunch of coaches that are certified in the Freedom Model and they'd be happy to help you and have one-on-one classes with you. Just give us a call at the number that's on the screen here. Um, But also for those listening, it's 888-424-2626. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. Bye. Are you struggling with a drug or alcohol problem, but you don't want to go to rehab or group meetings? That's why we created the non-12-step Freedom Model Coaching Program in 2011. Through video conferencing on Zoom or Skype, you can work privately with a certified Freedom Model Coach from your home or office on your schedule. And here's the best part. With the Freedom Model, you'll never be labeled an addict or an alcoholic, and we won't tell you to go to 12-step meetings or hamper your life with endless recovery rituals. Instead, you can learn exactly why addiction isn't a disease and how you can solve the problem for good and move on with your life. Do you want to be completely free from your addiction? Do you want to never have to attend meetings, rehabs, or addiction counseling ever again? And do you want to solve your problem from the comfort of home? Then call us at 888-424-2626 to talk with a Freedom Model coach today and experience the Freedom Model difference.